Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, where we talk about how someone came from their interesting career and they broke into cybersecurity. If you are following us on LinkedIn, make sure that you follow myself and our guest today, Greg. If you're following us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notification button below. That way, next time we come on, you'll you'll see us and pop up right there. And if you're following us on podcast after the fact, share it with lots of friends and family. Um, but for today, we have Greg on, and he comes from an interesting explosive background. Um, as we were joking right before we went live, um, it could be explosive, and hopefully it only happens once. Um, <laughs> but he made his way into cyber. He's with a uh, unique organization, and uh, we want to talk about all those aspects today. But we want to focus on his journey and how he came from his background to cyber so that all you other um, explosive detonation folks uh, can follow in his footsteps or someone else. Um, Greg? You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I would love to. So, yeah, as uh, Chris was saying, my name is Greg. I am uh, the head of security at a company called With You With Me. Uh, I come from a very unique background, as a lot of people in cyber now are seeing it as well. I come from a veteran background. So I've about 12 years in the military focusing on counter explosives and bomb disposal. Uh, I finished that up as a risk assessment subject matter expert with the Canadian Armed Forces. I left the Canadian Armed Forces in about 2015, and I deployed with the United Nations as a subject matter expert in uh, counterterrorism and counterinsurgencies, where I deployed to West Africa, and I did high-risk mentor mentorship with the, uh, the United Nations. So I'd go out on strike-offs and missions with them, and I would do mentorship on ground uh, in the scenario, and then beforehand, we would teach before that. That's a little bit of my, my non-tech background. Um, well, I was in the United Nations about, what was it? It was November 12th, because I remember this, because it was the day Stan Lee died, and I grew up as a giant nerd, right? So it was the day Stan Lee died, and uh, I remember we were sitting there, and uh, we were having a couple of drinks, and all of a sudden, a, uh, a car detonated, a car bomb, and it blew up our contractor's house. Um, so that was a big shock as well. So a lot of our team was injured, and we then got pushed to the actual United Nations camp. One second. <laughs> And when you're working with live, you get live things. <laughs> and when you're working from home. Anyways, so as I was saying, the house get blew up. Um, and then I left the contracting world about two weeks after that. And I came home and uh, my wife and I decided it was time to change up a life plan. So what we did is we sold everything we owned, house, car, everything. And we moved down to Costa Rica. And we're like, you know what? Let's live on the beach. Why not, right? That's a great life. So we moved down to Costa Rica. And that is where a friend of mine who I did um, executive protection, so bodyguard stuff. But I did a, a course with him. Uh, he's a retired colonel um, in the light infantry. So he reached out to me with his news article about how bomb disposal guys can get into cybersecurity on how the mindset of being working and trained like a terrorist works as a cybersecurity guy. Because when you're working in bomb disposal, a lot of it is cat and mouse, where unfortunately in that world, you're the actual mouse. The terrorist organizations, everyone like that, they're constantly trying to update their SOPs to kill you, you know, to put it very blunt. So 
it's up to you as the mouse to get that cheese without the trap falling on you. So the article showcases that as a essentially a trained counter-terrorist, trained terrorist type dude, you're really good at working and picking up the like the small nuances in cybersecurity. So I laughed at him and told him no, because for reference, I'm about 6'4 and close to 300 pounds, and I roll my face across the keyboard whenever I type, right? I am not a, a tech person by say. So anyways, so we'll fast forward, and then he reaches out to a friend of his. Her name's Catherine Thompson. She's really huge in the cyber world, really. A lot of people know who she is. So Catherine then reached out to me and told me to have a call with her. And I, once again, I'm living in Costa Rica. So I'm like, no. She's like, what do you mean, no? I'm like, no. I'm, I can see a pineapple tree right there. Why do I want to leave? <laughs> so anyways, so eventually Catherine and I, we sit down and have a chat. And uh, weirdly enough, after that chat, I get a call from Veterans Affairs. And they're like, you know what? You're crazy. You're certified crazy. We're going to help you. So what they did is they put me on this rehabilitation program, which is designed to help uh, veterans get back to normal life. So they helped me go through school. They went, I went to school for uh, cybersecurity because that's, it seemed like a great idea after talking to Catherine. Um, and then they helped me with that. While I was in school, another organization called uh, Hackers for Change, it's a not-for-profit pen testing firm reached out to me like, Hey, Greg, you're a veteran, you know, we want to, we want to help you out. So they started working and then I started working with them while I was in school as well. So I'm in school, I'm doing production-based pen testing, I'm learning cybersecurity and you know, life is good. Like, Oh, I could probably get a job. Then my CEO, Tom Moore reaches out to me. He's like, Greg, I want you. So what happens was my the school I was going to had a shortage of instructors. So my program that was supposed to start in September got canceled. So Tom's like, hey, listen, you can come to our program. It's free if you're a veteran, you know, and it gets updated pretty regularly. I'm like, come on, it's not free. He's like, yeah, if, if you're a veteran, it's free. I'm like, all right, cool. So I jump in, I do the cybersecurity training, um, and then I finish, finish up my college at the, about the same time, and uh, they reach out to me like, hey, we have a job for you. I'm like, come on. <laughs> They're like, yeah, like, you know, you've done your training. Uh, your your scores are really good for cybersecurity. Let's let's." Let's get you working. So originally they had me lined up as a level two pen tester for a government agency here in Canada, just outside of Ottawa. I'm like, all right, cool. So I get there and I start, you know, working, building up for it. And then the contract ends. So I'm like, well, what happens next? And they're like, well, you know, you're a talking dude. You like talking to everyone. Hence the fact that we've been sitting here and I have not stopped talking for 10 minutes and it's not even my show. So they're like, why don't you, why don't you run the, the company onboarding for a bit? I'm like, all right, that sounds fun. So I did the onboarding for about four or five months. And then after that, uh, our CTO, Scarlett, she's like, hey, listen, I'm passionate. And I know you're driven. I want to promote you. So they promoted me to the head of security. Now, we'll go back in time. Two years before that, I was a dumb contractor living in Africa. Oh, let's take a break for a second. So some of the folks might not have heard the company that you're referencing because you talked so quickly. So um, Joy sorry, Roy, um, sorry about that, Roy, joining us live from LinkedIn is asking, what company resource is he referencing? So uh, do you want to give us a little bit of insight in regards to that? So the company that I work for is a company called With You, With Me. And I know it's a weird sounding name, and it comes from an Australian company, and it comes from a military term. So what the term means is... Um, breaching, like, you know, kicking the doors, running and gunning and all that stuff. 
the way it works down in Australia is the front man would look to the second man and he would say, with you. And then the, the number two man would look back and he would say, with no, wait, oh, the number one man would look back and say, with me. The number two man would look forward and say, with you. And the concept is you go through the unknown together. And that's where the name comes from because a lot of us are first time to tech. And so we do with you, with me, as in, you know, we don't know what's on the other side of that door, but we're going to go through it together. Um, so what it is, it started as a veteran, uh, veteran company where we offer free training to veterans. That was about two years ago. And since then we've opened it up. Our main goal, we're a social impact firm and our main goal is actually to solve underemployment. So like breaking the cybersecurity, that is our, one of our, like one of our, uh, wheelhouses. We want to help people break into cybersecurity. <coughs> Another one, we work into uh, robotics, uh, processes and automation, software development, uh, digital project management, a bunch of stuff like this, a bunch of digital-based transformation skills. We help uh, anyone get into that field. So if you are a veteran, uh, non-typical neurodiverse, so like ADHD, which I clearly have as I haven't stopped moving, uh, autistic, um, dyslexic, one of those uh, non-typical neurodiverse we move into uh, Aboriginal and Indigenous, um, and now we're working to the Afghan, the Afghans as well. So we're trying. Our main goal is to help people break into tech world and help solve underemployment. Okay, let's take a little step back. So that's your ending. We need to so, figure out how you got there because yeah, you mentioned all there. these all these magical conversations <laughs> um, that ha happened that helped set up your, the path to where you are now. Um, but you didn't really go through like this colonel that first reached out to you when you were doing bodyguarding. Um, yeah. You weren't looking for a job right then. It just happened to be someone that, that, that you knew that you were connected to and he reached out. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So uh, it's kind of the same way how I got into bomb disposal, weirdly enough. So <laughs> I came back from my first tour to Afghanistan. And I remember I got called up to the office. I was just a private at the time. And I called up to the office. And the uh, the warrant was like, hey, Greg, I want you to go over to the, talk to this guy with this folder. And I walk over and I hand the folder. And they, hey, welcome to the team. I'm like, what team? He's like, oh, yeah, you're part of EOD now. I'm like, oh, well then. <laughs> so anyways, I digress. So uh, the colonel reaches out to me. And he was like, Greg, I think, you know, with your mindset, let's start working on cyber. It's a lot safer than, you know, cutting the red wire. So, you know, and you can, you know, do it from home. This is before COVID, obviously. I'm like, all right, cool. So I looked into it. I uh, realized that, yeah, I'm a closet nerd deep down. And I like, you know, working with computers. So I started digging into it. Uh, I started, from there, I started self-study. And for people trying to break into cybersecurity, the most important thing that I will say is self-study and upgrade. The moment you sit there and you stop upgrading, the moment you sit there and you stop learning is the moment you become stagnant and the moment you are no longer needed, essentially. The threats are coming rapidly and the threats are changing daily. And the minute you stop upgrading what you know is the minute you're behind. They don't, okay. the, the APTs aren't stopping, so we can't. Yeah. So you, you, you self-study, you... you... Um, researched into it, and then um, another referral from your colonel, uh, she reached out to you. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, so then another referral, uh, Catherine Thompson reached out to me and she was like, we need to chat. So Catherine works really heavily in recruitment for tech at this point. Uh, so she was like, we need to talk. And then she sent me a video. It's been on YouTube like 10 years now of a red team and they broke into a power plant. And I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone who ever wanted to be a red team has watched this video. <laughs> so <laughs> I think everyone knows the video I'm talking about. And it looks like, you know, it's it showcases a heist. And every guy in the world wants to do a heist, right? Everyone wants to rob a bank. You may deny it, but it's the truth. Everyone wants to rob a bank or an armored car, right? And I was like, this is a legal heist. So from there, I went and I focused more on pen testing and uh, on the red team side of the house after that. And I got the I got the skills. I started learning about you know all the packets. Whoa, packet whoa, whoa! You said you got the skill. How did you go from here <laughs> to there um, so quickly? Uh, I because of my ADHD. One of the the big things is I have this giant monitor, and generally for me to focus on one thing, I need to focus on three other things at once. Um, so the way I work generally is I will have everything on one screen that I'm trying to learn. And then on the other screen, I have something else that I'm trying to learn. And what I will do is I will learn one thing. And then when the ADHD kicks in and it's time to focus on something else, I'll take a break on something else and I will focus on the other thing. And from there, I will go back and forth, back and forth. And that's, I can focus on two things at once. And I learn two things at once. I, I, I love wife, it. My wife hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Roy mentioned, and this is why everyone wants to be a red teamer over a blue teamer. Um, so, so you you use your ADHD as a power to help you optimize your studying and to to learn a lot. Um, but you also mentioned that you went back to school. Yes. What was this school and this rehabilitation that you mentioned along the way? I was lucky that Veterans Affairs um, certified in Canada. In Canada, yes, in Canada. So it's kind of like the GI Bill. In mean, the States, it's like the GI Bill. So they they paid for my education and they uh, they helped me get started. So I did a program, a two-year program in cybersecurity, kind of like an undergraduate in the States, I guess you would call it. And I finished that up at the same time that I was finishing up the With You With Me cycle. So our, we have an, an entire, I think that we're at about 200, 230, 240 hour now blue team training cycle that you can go through as well. So I finished them both at the same time. And the, uh, the CEO and his uh, the chief of uh, customer success both reached out to me. And they're like, hey, this is, it's time for you to come work, come come back to the mothership. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So after the, so I did the two years of schooling. Um, and then uh, With You With Me hired me. But a uh, thing that With You With Let, Let's on get into, how did you get to With You With Me from oh, okay. um, the schooling and everything like that. So how I got to with you with me, uh, Catherine Thompson then booked a meeting with uh, the CEO, Tom Moore, um, right after my school program was canceled due to instructors. So I was sitting there on a call with Tom and Catherine, and we were talking about how veterans are underutilized. Um, and he was like, I don't, he doesn't agree with it because he's also a uh, Afghan veteran. So he's like, I don't agree with it. Veterans, they have more skills than being a rent-a-cop at a mall. They have more capabilities than the ability to, you know, show up on time. So Tom was like, listen, what we do at With You With Me is we offer you free training and in tech. What we, then we hire you based off of your potential. So how that works is, um, 
we run aptitude testing, big five testing, uh, personality indexes. And we put it into the, you know, behind the curtain, magic black hat, and it comes up and it shows you where you would fit into a tech field. So if you are very high with uh, abstract learning, for you guys who have done the aptitude test, like, you know, the, the block, the block laid out and you put it together, how does it look? Like that type of thing, like looking outside the box, right? So if you're really good in abstract, uh, you're really good in cyber. It also does numeric reasoning. So if you're really good at numerical reasoning and digit symbol coding, obviously you're going to excel in coding, right? And basic software development. So they do all of that training. And then once you're done your training, there's actually jobs on there that with you with me has, and you can actually apply for jobs through that as well. So even uh, if you have... Oh, that's the perfect transition to one of the comments that we have. Um, we have Justin Barr from LinkedIn who's saying, I was on disability for PTSD and have ADHD amongst other things. I went back to school and just graduated with a bachelor's in cybersecurity at Chestnut Hill College at the age of 37 and an associate's in criminal justice. It seems entry-level positions are extremely hard to land. Does your company still hire entry-level, even for those that are not a veteran? If so, where are you based? Well, Justin, we're actually globally based. Um, we have we do hire entry-level. That's essentially our niche is entry-level. Um, so we have a head office in Sydney, Australia. We then have uh, another location in uh uk we're just opening up there we have a lot of pega roles and software dev roles opening up in the uk right now as we speak and then we have another team in canada with a we're trying to break into the us right now as we speak so that is where we, we're global and we're trying world domination that is the end of it we want to are we yeah we're on are we, are we on linkedin because we're trying to ruin linkedin yeah. We, we want LinkedIn just non-existent. We want to get rid of the resumes. The resumes have been around since Da Vinci. Da Vinci used resumes to showcase how cool he was and everyone else wanted to see it. We're trying to get rid of resumes. We're trying to make that everyone for global. As I said, we're social impact. So to answer your question, yes, Justin, we are hiring entry level. We are hiring entry level that aren't cyber. We're hiring mid-level. We're hiring advanced level. We are hiring everything. And we're, all we're doing is trying to solve underemployment. Perfect. Well, let's pivot back to, so you finish up, you, 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 you finish up college um, and you're, you're talking to Tom, like yes. what, first of all, you got the free training from them, but yep. what made you at that time, because now you've drank the Kool-Aid, what yep. made you at that time um, want to work for this company? So at that time, I didn't. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to work. I wanted to, like, so I still had about three months of college left and I didn't want to. So one of the guys, his name is uh, Will Simmons and he's reached out to me and he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me to take the interview. I'm like, I don't want it. And I kept making excuses. So eventually my wife, who is my, probably my worst enemy for you guys that have been married, you know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> so my wife, she's like, just take the interview. So I took the interview. Um, and obviously, I, I gave it as much a go as I could. So once the interview was done, they came back and said I was found successful. And so I had to then reach out to the college and see if they would still allow me to finish it and still allow me to work. So I reached out to the college. 
Oh, anyway, sorry to answer your question, Chris, ADHD, my apologies. So to answer your question, I didn't really want to work. Um, I wasn't ready to work, but I took a lot of convincing from people with me, with me and my wife to say, stop being dumb. Stop sitting there and collecting the Veterans Affairs at the GI Bill. Stop doing nothing and getting paid for it because you'll never be happy. You have to go out and you have to earn your life, right? So that, that's that's essentially what it was. They said you have to you have to go out and you have to be a better person. You have to go out and contribute to society because sitting here collecting, you know, unemployment is not going to make you happy. Even though it's sustainable, it's not going to make you happy. You're going to be miserable. So I took the job and it was one of the best things I did. I fell immediately in love with the company. Um, I drank the Kool-Aid by the buckets, just like, you know, the big, like the big bucket where you sit there and you drink it. And you, um, I've been there for a while now. I'm one of the, I was one of the first hires in North America. Um, so it, it's been really, really enjoyable and I've enjoyed everything about it. And the fact, what I like most about it is now where I am as a manager is I now have the ability to affect change. So as a manager, I can, people like Justin, who like me has PTSD and ADHD, I can help people like Justin find work. I, I have the ability to help people now, which is what I always wanted to do. And for those that are listening after the fact, the website is withyouwithme.com. Very easy. Um, all spelled out, withyouwithme.com. Um, so, you got your first role. Um, now you're in cyber. What do you do to keep up um, outside of the ADHD with three screens and uh, trying to read the whole internet at once? I do try to read the whole internet at once. and It's really hard. Do you know how many websites are out there? <laughs> and you, you got to be careful what you look for because you can end down some rabbit holes. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so what I do to keep up is a, I, you do a lot of training on your own time. You, you have to. So when your day is done or in between meetings, I'll take a quick, you know, I'll jump on either our training or I'll jump on, uh, I'm prepping my SISIP now, so I'll jump on the SISIP, do a couple things here and there. Um, I'll read the news. Reddit's also huge. Jump on Reddit and cybersecurity. Everything, zero days get released there before they actually hit the news. <laughs> right? Like, you can get on Reddit or 4chan and find out that you're going to get hacked three days before you actually get hacked. So... Um, those are a bunch of good uh, opportunities as well. But the big thing yeah, is you have to get on, um, get on the news, get on the notification, right? Find out where, what are the current trends and threats and work off of that. Um, but most of the time, yeah, it's up, upskilling constantly. You, as soon as you stop, you're done. It's like a shark. Got to keep swimming, right? Nice, nice. Um, one of the other questions that we had was, um, I have several years of experience working in networking and technical support, but do not have any professional certificates. Switching to cybersecurity and presently studying for the Security Plus, just relocated to the UK. Is there an opportunity in your company? Oh, yeah, Wilson. Reach out to me. I'll find you a job. <laughs> <laughs> I can't guarantee you a job. Sorry, I'm not I'm honest. I can't guarantee you a job. But I can help you. Yes, we do have openings in the UK. Uh, we do have security openings. Um, so reach out to me. We can have a chat. Uh, my LinkedIn, uh, Greg Hanneman, I think I'm the only one. Uh, we'll have a chat with that. Okay, perfect. So um, you say reading websites, um, doing training. Um, 
what do you do to keep sane? I mean, with everything happening, there's um, it's always a fire hose of information. What do you do to balance yourself and not get burnt out within cybersecurity? Uh, boundaries are the first one, especially working from home. You need to set yourself boundaries. Uh, working from home, you're essentially you're on call 24-7, 365, right? But Unfortunately. You it, it's just the way it is. You're always like, you know, I'm always 30 feet away from my office. And all of a sudden, what, you have to classify what's an emergency, what's not an emergency. So you have to figure out boundaries of when you can reply and when you can't reply. The next thing I do is I lift really heavy things. That's my main thing. I like lifting heavy things. I power lift. Um, I do a lot of training. So I spend about two hours, usually two hours every day. I talk to Chris here while I'm working out. And <laughs> so that's that I wake up and I train. And that's where I can burn off a lot of stress. I put my my really, really hate metal on. I live, get really, really angry. And then I lift up a truck. Right. <laughs> and that's the one thing I learned from the military as well is no matter how bad it gets, just train it out. No matter how much stress you have, you have that cortisol going through your body, change it for endorphins called a day. Hunt that, chase it, chase the dopamine. Nice, nice. Um, so then there's working in a, a global company. What are some of the challenges in working in a global company? Um, time. So I have a team in Sydney, Australia. I have a team in London and I have a team in Ottawa. So the fact that those three teams are all drastically different time zones, you have to you have to pretty much get into your your time zone and you have to look at your calendar. It's like, all right, so I have to meet with these guys here, meet with these guys here, meet with these guys here. There's no way that you can do that all in one day working directly through. You just, you just can't. Like, you know, I meet with my, my UK team at like 9 a.m. Eastern. Then I meet with my Australia team at like 7 p.m. Eastern. You know, there's, there's 10 hours in there. You can't work those 10 hours completely, right? It's just not going to work. So you have to be able to start, stop, do training in the middle, move, get up, go around, run your errands and come back. You have to be able to manage your own time. Working globally, you have to have some pretty good time management or you get burnt out in like a week. And you, you see it as well. You see it really heavily in cybersecurity. People get burnt out. Like the average, if you go look on LinkedIn, the average job is like six to eight months before that somewhere else. And what about communicating? I mean... How do you how do you communicate and not offend someone with when you're working in an organization with such culturally diverse individuals? <laughs> so for reference, I am not very good at communicating. I swear a lot, I curse, and I'm angry. But that's because I'm a, a big aggressive veteran. So my main issue is I need to, like Chris says, the culture is very aggressive as well. So you have to be very fluid when you talk to someone and you have to be very fluid when you take criticism. I find what really helps me is working with women in tech. They are a brilliant godsend to working. I will hire women every day. So I find with women, they have this great ability to just turn their ego off and be so amazingly helpful on everything they do. I don't know. So what I have done is my team is very woman friendly as well. Uh, I have half of my team is women and I love working with them because they're so, uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. They're so 
amazing. <laughs> like, I can't really think of the word. Like it's a breath of fresh air. They're not some crusty veteran. They're not some crusty, you know, sergeant major, army dude who's going to sit there and yell at you. Yeah, they have more patience, and they're they're much better than dudes. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're getting to the end of our session. We're only a half hour trying to cram all this in. Um, <laughs> with everything that you've done through throughout your life, through breaking into cybersecurity, maybe for you physically breaking in, um, <laughs> what advice would you give to someone following in your footsteps? Like, like I say earlier, like a shark, go stop. You know, keep swimming. You have to. Uh, it's going to get crappy. It's going to suck. Finding a job's hard. Uh, I put an ad on LinkedIn about a month ago, and I had over a, a thousand applicants. Um, I, I see how hard it is out there, and I know it's hard. Just you will find your niche. Find find what like not everyone wants to be a cybersecurity analyst. There are so many other paths to get into cyber. You have your GRC. You, you there's like look at what you want to do chase the dopamine, find what you want to do and push forward that. And just there is crusty women vets. They're also awesome though. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, so for everyone following us on LinkedIn, make sure you to follow Greg, follow myself, keep up with the podcast. For those of you listening in live on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe, hit that notification button. See us next time. Like uh, followers like Jess, she, checks in every time and then if you're listening to us on podcast uh just share it with as many folks as you can because um just like with you with me we want lots of folks coming into cyber from all sorts of backgrounds and uh, that's the only way that we can solve the complex problems of tomorrow thank you for coming on today greg yeah my pleasure chris my pleasure i really enjoyed it perfect have a great day everyone